Hi, listeners. Dr. Amy Horneman here, aka The Thyroid Fixer and host of The Thyroid Fixer podcast. I'm here to tell you about my experience working with Rachel Varga one-on-one with my skin. I am a self-proclaimed anti-aging skincare addict, and I have spent thousands of dollars on the wrong skincare, always falling prey to those ads that promise to reduce your wrinkles and smooth your fine lines. Working with Rachel, I'm telling you, she is a guide. She takes your hand. She personalizes your entire skincare regimen, really looking at your skin and how it is and what your goals are. She listens to you. And that's the most important part of this journey. It's unlike anything I have ever experienced. In fact, there's nothing out there like it. Rachel is an angel in this world. She will absolutely transform your skin You will reach your goals of skincare, whether it's reducing wrinkles or clearing up acne or just looking good on camera. That's what I need. So head over to rachelvarga.ca and book your one-on-one consult with her. You will not regret it. It will be the best thing that you do for your skin. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Rachel Varga podcast. I'm your host as an advanced aesthetic registered nurse and educator in facial and body rejuvenation. Beauty is a feeling and a quiet confidence that comes from being perfectly aligned body, mind, and spirit. Today, I have a very special guest with us. We have Rajesh Kemraj, who joins us from Portland. Rajesh works as a physical therapist, and I cannot wait to introduce you to this wonderful soul that I had the pleasure of meeting at an incredible event in Portland with Dr. Joe Dispenza. All right, Rajesh, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's get right into it. Rajesh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a physical therapist by trade. Um, I've been doing it for almost 18 years now. I have two children. You're an avid mountain biker. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. I live in a playground of an area, so we do a lot, a lot of recreational activity um, as much as I can. So keeping that body, mind, spirit aligned. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I think that's where most of my work and play is, is I'm always seeking out um, some type of balance. I can find that in both places. Right. That's great. I'd like to talk about Dr. Joe Dispenza because Mm -hmm. we met at his event in Portland recently. And I just really want to share with our audience why we like him so much. If you could kindly tell us how you were introduced to Dr. Joe Dispenza, sort of before you actually spent a week with him, how you learned about him and how he's impacted you. Why do you like him so much? It took me a long time to like him. That was a very long journey for me. I was supposed to be going to India. I had everything scheduled to go to India. Things in work happened, things in life happened, and it was not a doable entity. And I had some friends approach me and say, hey, there's this guy that we heard about that is really good. And they said a lot of the people that normally go to India say that he's just as good or better. I had massive doubts with this. I found out he was from the Northwest and that he was a chiropractor. And I had massive doubts that anyone that came from the the West could be spiritual in that sense. I had a lot of prejudice, massive amount of prejudice of, I, I felt like, no, if I need to get this stuff, I need to go to India to get it. 
and I've been very happy with what I've gotten from India. I took my friend's word. I went for it. Um, he said that they were going. That night, I signed up for the um, course. Then they started to send out all the information, and there's a bucket load of information they give you. And there's courses called The Progressives, which is a 10-part series that you watch online. What was really amazing about my first exposure to Joe was how in sync he was with the training that was getting in India. Hmm. What I've found in the past is many, many paths to the same uh, destination. One, one thing that Joe does and what he does well is he, he brings in the scientific explanation of what truly happens. Right. Like I like to bring in the science of being beautiful and yeah. to actually be beautiful. It really does take that inner work. So that's why I'm really a huge uh, advocate about sharing a lot of this mindfulness, this type of uh, the, the teachings of Dr. Joe Dispenza to my audience, because I think it's a really great way to support that body, mind, spirit. Most spirituality really isn't scientific uh, in a lot of ways. Um, when you hear people talk like the, the group that I would go see in India, they would talk about very specifics of they were going to change this part of your brain or do this thing for you. Hmm. And very, very direct. It was very hard to believe until you experience it. Joe will say similar stuff. He, he presents that he has all these studies. He'll have scientists come to his courses and study the participants and show what happens when they're doing these deep meditations, when they're in a very, very high state. These researchers can see what exactly is going on. That was impressive to me. That was primarily impressive just because I'm in the medical world. We're held to a standard of anything we do, we have to prove it. We have to have evidence base. So the beauty of this was it gave me some type of evidence where if people were questioning what I was doing, at least I had a bit of a foundation to stand on. Really started to have a massive appreciation for his knowledge and his connection. You could see that in my mind, it felt very egoless. He did not do this to pump himself up. I didn't really see that in him. Right. And he had a lot of care for the group that he was talking to. He had a lot of a lot of empathy. The main thing that really struck me about him was he had lack of ownership. And what I mean by that is he's found a path. He's found a way to help people. He doesn't claim that he's doing anything. It's not that you're going to go to him to get healed. You're not going to him to get this. You're, you're not getting all these gifts from him, per se. He's just giving you guidance on how you can attain it yourself. Mm -hmm. I would love to share how I first heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. You might have heard of a website called Gaia.com. Mm -hmm. It's a great resource. There's all of these different uh, practitioners from various backgrounds, interviewees. There's a huge section on yoga and yoga practice. So I used to dive into doing my at-home yoga practice watching these Gaia videos, which is great. And then I came across people like Greg Braden talking about the earth cycles. He's a geologist. I saw him in Nanaimo last year, actually. He was quite wonderful to see live. And Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I loved how he talked about our mind being able to heal our body. I hadn't really heard very many people talking about that. Most recently, he's on Netflix with his documentary called Heal that he's a part of, which is really cool. And there's another show on Gaia.com, I think, called Emotion or Emotions. And he was great. And I, I love what he shares. 
So when I saw that he was speaking in Portland alongside one of my favorite authors, Rebecca Campbell, I jumped on the opportunity because Portland is just across the water from me. It's not that far. It's like, oh, I get to see these two amazing people. I was so pumped, but I almost didn't get to go. And I'm really glad that I just trusted my gut. I just went. I knew I had to go. I knew there was a reason why I booked the tickets in December and the conference was when? And I think it was March. Yeah. And that's how we met. We ended up sitting next to each other at this conference. And he asks us to be really interactive with the people around us, asking questions. So sharing experiences with one another. It's funny, like you, we just met each other, but like, you're just like, wham, like you're just getting into it. And it was, it was really fun. This is a really cool day. What did that event in Portland mean to you? It was a reconnection because it had been a few months since I've seen Joe. And We're going to talk so about your experience yeah. at the retreat in the next episode. I can't wait to dive into that. Yeah, yeah, it was that was a fun event. I wanted to meet up with them, and I just wanted to see: was it just a dream? Mm. You know, did this really happen? Did all these events really feel the way they felt? And like, how would I feel in his presence again? And all this other stuff. It was so unbelievably comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I was super excited to see him, and then I see him, and I gravitated to his uh, message immediately. I don't know if you remember, but his message was about how we hang on to the past. Totally. It's like when yeah. you, forgive my French, but when you bitched your girlfriends or your friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there was a, a situation that I, I really didn't tell you about. He was talking about how we live in past patterns and mm-hmm. how we keep on pulling these past patterns up. Right. And so for me, it was a really intriguing thing because like you were sitting next to me and then there was another girl sitting next to me on the other side. And most of the time in those type of events or situations, like I'd be distracted. I'd be like, uh, who cares about the course? I was thinking about what he was talking about. And he was saying, well, you know, we keep on living in these past. We keep on living in the past. We keep on living in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I recognized rapidly one thing I'm doing right now is I'm living in the past. So the main past that I was picking up on was my concept of relationship. Mm. So me with the relationship, I have these labels about myself that I'm not good at relationships, that my relationships fail, that they I'm the cause of the problem. I'm this, I'm that. So I have all these labels. As he talked, the first part was about an hour and a half, and he just kept on talking about how we allow all this stuff to control us and all this history to control us. I was really caught up with, all right, I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of work on myself. I've done a lot of work on things, but what do I need to do for relationships? Mm -hmm. I can recognize I had been in a relationship now for about a year. And unfortunately I put her through a bit of hell because I was testing her and I was seeking out the problems. I was seeking out what was wrong with her, what was wrong with me, what was wrong with everything. I did that for about the first couple months. Then I came to the realization, I was like, well, I'm not finding anything within two months. If I keep on trying to find something, I'm gonna create something. I had to let that project go. As time has gone on, I still have this uncomfortableness, this uncomfortableness with, can I make a relationship work? Can I do this, can I do that? So in that first hour and a half, I was actually analyzing my own self, my own relationship, my own everything. And in reality, what I realized is I was creating 
I was creating a future with the past. Here I have this relationship with this uh, beautiful person and I can't necessarily move forward because I am labeling that relationship with the past. At that moment, within, within the first hour, I was like, how am I going to fix this? And the way I decided I was going to fix it is I said, I think I need to get engaged. When I first met you within the first hour, I had made a commitment in my mind that I needed to get engaged to this person. In a lot of ways, it was a very profound experience because I was able to overcome something that I haven't been able to overcome for many years um, because of failed relationship, because of this, because of that. And it was just recognizing patterns, right? It's, it's exactly what he was talking about. It sounds very evolved of you. But it was cool because I had all these distractions, all these things that I could have just, you know, ignored, skipped, move on. But that was something that I recognized that when we define ourselves, like if you think about the, the definitions that you use to define yourself, there's probably a lot of good things that you define yourself with, but there's probably a lot of bad things. And both the good and bad can originate from the past with the teachings or with what the thought is, is that, I don't know, what are you at this moment? Where are you at at this moment? Can you be happy with this moment? And so... Because that's really all that matters, the present moment. Yeah, for the most part. Because you could try to predict the future and it rarely happens the way you want it to. And you can, you can live in the past, that, which really can be great and can be awful because living in the past it can go two ways where if you're happy like you know you think ah oh, man this this vacation was amazing then you're always envious of what you had or if it was a bad memory then you just allow that unhappiness and uh, that cloud to come over you and you just you never get out of it and you see that with people where they're just potentially grumpy unhappy whatever and you ask well what's going on well, 15 years ago, this happened. Right. And so they weren't able to let go of that. And in some sense, that's kind of where I was at with the relationship. I've never felt like I've had a good relationship. I had to let go of that story that I've developed over my whole lifetime and take a step of saying, nah, that's not me anymore. And You're so, have a new path. Yeah, so it was a massive freedom within just an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and he hadn't really even started the main process of his whole teachings. That was probably one of the most remarkable things I had within the first uh, hour and a half. And that's really cool that you had that notion early on, like that shift in yourself early on. I feel like the shift for me came closer to the end when he started to get on the drawing board. And he did his continuum of the past, the present moment, and the future. And he did a drawing of a human in a bubble in the present moment, right in the middle of the continuum. And he was drawing all these lines to the past, to, you know, this event here at this time, this event here at this time, this event here at this time. And if someone in the present moment is constantly putting their time and attention on the past, there isn't really a lot of room for projecting into the future. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really fascinating. And if you're constantly doing the same things in the past, you're going to be expecting the same outcomes in the future. I'm not really explaining as well as he did. Well, he also, like when you talk about the future, I think this is a tricky one because when you project out in the future, you're also living in a dream. 
Right. It can be good and it can be bad. Uh, like, because when you're living in the future, or well, you could have ambitions, you can have all these thoughts and whatever. The thing is, you can always live in lack when you're trying to live in the future. Right. So that that was one thing that he was talking about is um, as long as you stay in the present moment, you can manifest your future as you want. But if you just, you know, if you get caught up in this whole thought of, wow, I wish I had this, I wish I could mm. do this and whatever, and then what happens is you start developing this negative energy amongst the, uh, the future. And, you know, you're like, oh, I'll never get that, I'll never get this, and, you know, just can go down a bad rabbit hole. That picture, I don't know if you took a picture of it, but... Of course I did. <laughs> yeah. That diagram was actually very... It's simplistic, but very powerful. Very powerful. I loved it. I loved the meditation that he did near the end of the event. To me, that was that was the most powerful part for me, where I was actually kind of able to integrate everything. And mm -hmm. I mean, in a 30-minute podcast, we're not going to be able to sum up his teachings of an eight-hour course, right? It was pretty intense. You'll just have to go yourself to uh, for all you listeners but I actually recorded the meditation and I played it back to myself a number of mornings it's about a 45 minute meditation and the weirdest things started happening happening to me I was getting all these amazing career opportunities uh, business developments happening it was really weird and it was too much of a coincidence, especially with the timing of me doing these meditations and basically tapping into what would be the word that you would use to describe the infinite. I think that's the best word. What do you think? What he gets you to tap into in his meditations? Well, it's just connecting with yourself and which I guess in theory would be the infinite. Um, like the true definition definition of meditation is what no time, nobody, and nowhere. Those are statements that he does use. Well, meditation is just a uh, it's just a basic practice. And I heard, and I don't remember who said it, but the act of prayer is when you're constantly engaging, right? You're asking, you're saying, "I need this, I need that, I need this." Right. And meditation is a practice of actually calming your mind. Mm -hmm. So what, what meditation is, is a practice of learning how to receive. Mm. With what he's doing is he's teaching you how to receive. So when you talk about no space, no time, what he's done is he's eliminated all these things that happen in the mind all the time. And being in the and, black. Yeah. So when you get to that point, you're able to receive. So you have an openness that allows you to to have those experiences to have those uh, manifestations that you were talking about in the western world we don't get that that often i know our minds are just always so busy we're constantly looking at our phones or looking at this that but having a quiet heart and a quiet mind is absolutely critical for our health mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. To be beautiful, you need to be calm on the inside. If you were speaking to me and I was like, Kim Kardashian, this, that, and, you know, just kind of like off the wall, randomly talking about things that didn't matter, that's not going to be a great conversation. <laughs> not going to enjoy being around me very much. And I think that, you know, time spent enjoying nature or other people and the way that you feel with that, that's beautiful. Whatever you can do to 
develop a, a spiritual mindful practice, I think is so important. What were some of the other moments at the Portland event that was just like amazing for you? I think his ability to get the whole group to connect. Mm -hmm. um, I think he got everyone very involved very rapidly. Yeah, he was very good at that. I felt like he got most people to understand what he was talking about and the mm -hmm. concept that he was bringing up. I was impressed with in the amount of time he had to get that message across and to be able to get people to go into such a deep meditation by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. That in itself is a pretty remarkable um, feat. I'm guessing most people knew of him at some point. They they kind of they probably have heard about him, you know, before mm -hmm. going to the conference, but. It still was pretty profound to see that many people he could get riled up and get guided into the same space, into the same everything, and really have the same experience as a similar experience as what we would get in the week long. Right, right. I cannot wait to dive into that experience with you having yeah. a week long session with Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's actually the topic of our next episode. So why don't we take a break here and we will catch up with all of you in the next part of this three-part series. We'll see you soon, guys. Perfect. Thank you. In the second episode, Rajesh is going to share what it was like to do a week-long advanced retreat with Dr. Joe Dispenza. In the last episode, we are going to discuss what it's like to be a healthcare provider and incorporating mindfulness to best serve our clients. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rajesh, in this episode. Where can people find you? They can find me in Portland, Oregon. I practice down in Tigard, a suburb of Portland. My website is pdxphysicaltherapy.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And be sure to take a screenshot of you listening to this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media and tag me at Rachel Varga Official and Rajesh at Kemraj Physical Therapy. Don't forget to head on over to rachelvarga.ca to help you age impossibly well on the inside and out. I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>